Austin, I caved and did something that I wasn't sure if I was ever going to do, but I, I, ha- I had a weakness over Black Friday, over, over Cyber Monday. I made a purchase and did a thing that I am scared is a slippery slope. I'm terrified it's a slippery slope because I... Well, you started that sentence. I had a lot of other ideas of what you potentially did for the first time that you were hesitant about, but now go on. Yeah. Black just, Friday yeah, shopping. Very, okay. I, I did a very casual felony. Um, I built a keyboard. Ooh, like a like like a real like a real proper like case and bought switches and 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 it's really oh oh it feels so good it feels it's not so really good. coming over the microphone oh, oh. to me but you know it's on yeah, the recording so no. you can you can pretend you can just pretend it, 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 <laughs> wow it weighs like 15 pounds and i put it together for the first time and i'm like mm, i think i understand people like this um what an expensive hobby i'm still mad at myself about yeah. that what an expensive hobby. It's like $150 for like a case and a board. And for those of you the podcast version, not looking at the YouTube video, I got like a full, I need a number pad. I, I am a number pad person. I work with yes. spreadsheets, motherfucker. Um, so <laughs> it's a bigger model. Then you got to buy switches. Then you got to buy keycaps. Then you got to buy a fucking core. It's like, it's like $300 to, to like build like a, like a nice decent keyboard. And like, I'm happy that I did it, but still kind of mad at myself that I did it. I told myself it was an early Christmas gift and the gift that I gave myself for, for working TI. Could I pay you to make a second one? Yes, I would. I would. Right. I, I I would do it for free for you if no, you no, just no, no. buy the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy everything, but I'll I'll, I'll pay you. The uh, yeah, I I actually uh, Ellie got me a keyboard made for my birthday last year, and um, it started malfunctioning, and I sent it back like two different times, and every single time it comes back, it it it's still it's still not working there's just like some dead keys and i'll like pull out stuff and then like fix it but then somewhere else on the board it'll be some dead keys and i i just can't seem to to, uh, so in my frustration because i was playing dota with it and sometimes my keys just wouldn't work which is incredibly (laughs) frustrating uh where you think you're you're like man how was i late using my blink dagger there oh it was because my he wasn't working. Was anymore. it like sporadically unresponsive? Like it would would it just like die and die, or would it come in and out? Uh, it would like kind of depend on the pressure that I put on it. But mm. like once, uh, like once I found a dead key and I found like the the angle or pressure that I would put on it, I could repeatedly like do it over and over and over and over again. Uh, if I slammed it like really hard, then maybe it would start working a bit. But yeah, so it was kind of periodic, but hmm. also so- replicable when i found it i'm not gonna pretend that i'm an expert i did just build a first one like this weekend um but for anybody who cares about keyboards uh i i I got like hot swappable key switches so i didn't have to solder them in which i thought would be easier but i realize now is actually more of a pain in the ass because anytime that i take a keycap off like the whole switch kind of wants to come with it um Mm. and when i put the switches in the board i thought that I did them all correctly, but then when I went to go test the keyboard, I bent 
like 12 different switch pins putting them in like just a little bit improperly so i had to like pull out a bunch of different keys and get little yeah. pliers and and yeah. and bend it back and forth and hope that it was okay then put it back down but then it would bend again so i have to like try yeah. it so like um it, it was definitely a little bit of learning a little bit of trial and error the only thing that i am not happy about is um I don't have a normal space for a delete key. So currently on my keyboard, I have four different buttons set to be delete. And I'm just seeing which one I naturally gravitate to the most. And I'm going to keep that as the actual delete key. Um, I miss having a caps lock light and I miss having a volume knob on my keyboard. So I think if I were to do this again, I would look for a model with a volume knob and like a caps lock nums lock indicator. I've never done volume knob on my keyboard. Mm. Never, never been about how, that. How do you control the volume on your computer? Do, do you like just use the Windows interface? Uh, actually, on my PC, and now I have this uh, GoXLR. Uh, so mm. that, I use that to okay. control the volume. Um, but normally I just, you know, bottom right. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like the volume knob. I like the volume knob. And I like, and I don't like not knowing where my delete key is. But um, if if anybody has keyboard questions, hit me up in the Discord. I'll I'll, I'll post pictures after the episode. I'm 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 proud yeah. of my first child. Um, yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Looks very clean. I like the clean look quite a bit. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of blank tops and side prints on it. So it's uh that, that that's kind of the keycaps that I went with. Um, nice. what's 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 new and exciting with you? It was Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was good. We did Friendsgiving. So we went to Hotbit's uh, house and um, Ellie, uh, we went there about noon and left about 8.30 p.m., I believe. Um, So Ellie cooked like five or six dishes um, and then some other people brought like one or two other dishes and then that that was the meal. So it was, uh, it was very good. Ellie did a excellent key lime pie. She's pretty good at probably that. Probably the standout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a very good cook. She does a very good job on all these things. So, but uh, last time we did Friendsgiving, it was at our place, and it was like twelve dishes. Ellie made <laughs> a lot. And it's not and... like you have you have like an apartment kitchen. So like yeah. doing twelve dishes, or even eight dishes, or even six dishes in an apartment kitchen is like not the most easy thing to do in the world. Yeah, it was a lot of time and stress, and we had the cleanup left afterwards. So this time around, I put like a hard limit. I was like, "All right, you're only doing." She she kept on trying to do more. She was like <laughs> nine dishes, and I'm like, "No." How sticks. are we gonna survive without the cranberries? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Funny story about that. We uh, cranberry sauce was one of the dishes. It's Ellie's favorite dish uh, mm-hmm. of Thanksgiving. Uh, reminder to everybody who's listening Ellie is not American she's Romanian so American Thanksgiving is like uh, a relatively new concept to her mm-hmm. and um, some of those dishes like she hasn't experienced before and cranberry sauce uh, she likes it quite a bit so she really wanted to obviously make that for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and uh, she did make it but again we were at Hotbed's uh, place and Hopid, you know, when you go to uh, coffee places, you know, the uh, the, sh- the the tall sugar. Uh, yeah, uh, it's like standard that like every coffee place has like the same looking uh, glass sugar holder. Yeah, it's, it's kind of uh, like ribbed for your pleasure on the yes. side and there's a metal top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Ken had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Ellie asked Ken, is oh, this sugar? No. no. He said, yes, that's sugar. <laughs> Made the cranberry sauce. Took a taste test. Immediately spit it out because it was salty. <laughs> that's disgusting. Cranberry yeah. sauce is not supposed to be salty. No. <laughs> Those are two very uh, different flavors. <laughs> so, did, yeah. Did, did he just didn't have sugar in the house, apparently, at all. Did so. he cop to... Because that also means that he hasn't used it, right? <laughs> yeah, I would assume so. Otherwise, uh, somebody has been putting salt in their coffee every morning. <laughs> I feel like that would be noticeable, depending on the amount you put in. So God. That's like... <laughs> I as somebody who talks to Ken at least five days a week, like this story really tracks. Um, <laughs> I just... Yeah, yeah. Hopid uh, has uh, he moved into his house uh, relatively recently. Yeah, yeah. So he, there was a lot of stuff that he was missing. Uh, like I went, I spent an hour uh, searching for a meat thermometer. But would you believe it? Every place that had meat thermometer uh, w- that would normally carry meat thermometer uh, was out because I'm going to guess that is the most common utensil, uh, kitchen utensil that people <laughs> go out of their way to to buy near or on Cause, Thanksgiving. Because everybody goes, mm, how may I know if the turkey's done? And I yes, guess, yeah. They, it, it's like it's like one of those like kind of essential uh you know like uh tools but you know depending on what kind of cooking you do maybe you don't have it and then you know thanksgiving comes around or like in our situation we go to somebody else's house and forget to bring our own yeah it feels like there's definitely like a defining line of like adulthood for some things that you own and i think meat thermometers firmly in like the adulthood bucket like i I needed one of these at some point and i have cooked a meal at some point it's probably useful right 95 percent of uh adults that are living in a dorm or just fresh out of college probably do not have a meat thermometer but simultaneously 95 percent of uh of homes with uh, a family uh where the parents or just people are above the age of 40 45 probably have a meat thermometer so so What's interesting about this conversation that, that I'm thinking about, like American Thanksgiving and our and our lived U.S. experience, is that today, as a lot of people probably saw on their timelines, uh, Spotify Wrapped came out. Right, everybody's mm. like, "Look at yeah. my music!" Oh, it's all your Spotify Wrapped memes. Uh, but that means that I also got to uh, be treated from Spotify for some side poll stats, which I thought were really interesting. And I can tell okay. you that 27% of the audience on Spotify, American, mm-hmm. and it's the biggest, and it's a plurality, it's the biggest part of the pie. So we are speaking to exactly a little bit less than one third of the people on Spotify who really understand what we're talking about. And most of them probably are some degree of confused for tuning out. But to you 27% who also probably had Thanksgiving, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving on Spotify. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of that, there is going to be uh, one more American uh, joining in on listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. In fact, this might be their very first episode of the podcast to listen to uh because my mother recently discovered uh my youtube channel oh no i do not put a whole lot of things on my youtube channel uh um, it is pretty barren 
I'm a very terrible YouTuber. I'm a bad content creator. I will cop to that. But I did recently, the reason it popped up is she found my YouTube channel, she subscribed to it, and I put out a video recently. It was the Camp and Blitz podcast. Uh-huh. Which uh, she told me that she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through a video where you're interviewing your friend. And I was like, oh, that's uh, okay. Yeah, you're talking about the, the one I do with Blitz. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I thought to myself, like, okay, well, that one's going to be pretty dry, frankly. Uh, she probably won't have a good time listening to it because it's going to be just talking about Dota and she will not understand... Uh, any of that. You're going to get texts like, who's Matumba man? Yes, yes. She she was telling me, like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm listening all about... Uh, she's like, like, I did find it interesting listening to, to how uh, Blitz went through the process of recruiting Nisha, right? And she actually remember, remembered that name and everything. And, uh, and so, but I was like, okay, I mean, like, it'll be dry, it'll be boring, but, like, there's nothing in there that'll be, like, awkward mm -hmm. for my mother to hear about my life compared to this one right joey because we've had some interesting conversations <laughs> I, like, i'm just thinking like i want you to know the self-restraint that i have right now from blurting out like <laughs> 20 different things yeah. <laughs> that, you, know, you know the first one came to mind was the you remember the clink of the weights that yeah. was an early one that we did yeah 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 i yeah. I, I, I remember that i i remember uh uh i i don't even want to say stuff i <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's like a trail of funny stories that probably have a content warning for mothers and i'm pretty <laughs> sure that like my mom does not listen but i would not put it past her to and also not tell me but i have to pretend like nobody i know listens to these things mm -hmm. because i know that they do sometimes and every now and then it makes me think a little bit about what i'm saying because some of the stuff that i'm talking to you or i'm very okay just like randomly blasting out into the internet mm -hmm. like i don't want my my boss to listen to or a family member to listen to or a random friend to listen to like most of it's pretty fine and i tell them anyways but it's, it feels weird to get it in podcast form so the yeah. idea idea of having mom listen pr probably a little scary from for me not uh, my, my mom <laughs> yeah but the cabin blitz podcast should be safe right oh it should absolutely be safe incorrect what <laughs> i've listened to them all and yeah you did listen to them all but did you read the title of all of them <laughs> yeah i uh she told me that and then i was like oh everything's fine and then i had this moment of realization of oh fuck i named the last podcast that we released the episode name which zero references to why it would be named that in the podcast itself zero. after the podcast zero. was done i asked blitz what should i name this podcast and he said who doesn't eat ass in 2023 <laughs> and i said okay that's the name of the podcast now i replaced ass with booty because youtube uh and that <laughs> that's the name of the podcast oh, boy. And, and i was sitting there on stream and i realized this out and i was like I mean, what are the chances that she A, reads the title, and B, knows what that means exactly? I'm going to say yes to both. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah she, she it was yes to both we had a conversation recently and she did indeed it's like why are you why did you name the show that I, somebody left a comment saying that like oh this is like a really funny reference to episode one when they were talking about somebody who was eating ass and I'm like <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> I want I want to take whatever you're having and join your mind palace Mr. Commoner um, yeah, yeah 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 and it, so so that happened and then I also randomly put out other content uh, I put out the my patch analysis which she also apparently got through uh uh like she's doing this while she's like doing other things at the same time right <laughs> she's not like just sitting down and watching it right and she's doing it in chunks but she went through my patch analysis which uh you know she was like yeah i would just kind of like tune in whenever you would get like really angry or something <laughs> but after that i have been playing dungeons and dragons again and i have been putting that mm -hmm. on the youtube mm -hmm. and she was like yeah, and now you've got this next thing going on. And I was like, oh, I'm playing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And that might be like something that, I mean, out of all the content that is on my YouTube channel, none of it is for non-Dota people. So that's the one thing that, you know, maybe she'll maybe she'll find entertaining. But I also gave her the, the link to this podcast. So she might be listening to this for the first time. Oh no! I'm sorry. Don't go back to the episodes. They're like they're, they're, they're not all great. <laughs> One day I would like to visit the river behind your house. It seems nice. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> um shit. <laughs> maybe you should. Maybe you should call her more. Maybe she just wants to hear your voice more. And that that that's where that's where this this content viewing is coming from. That's that, true. Or she's really supportive, which is very sweet. Yeah, yeah, no. She, uh, both, both my parents are are very supportive. Uh, it's just, they don't really know anything about Dota, so n normally they don't really uh, consume any of this content. But my mom, I mean, frankly, if she's listening to this, mom, I love you, and this is way better to listen to than you watching the gambling streams. She watches other people do you know there there are YouTube videos of people going to casinos and playing slots. Do you is is that like because you get like one percent of the high that they get when they win? You're like, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Oh man. And, and just to be clear, my mom is not a degenerate gambler whatsoever. She's, <laughs> she's a normal gambler. She's very she's just safe. A... <laughs> she she's just living through somebody else's uh, degeneracy. That's that's what's going on that's there. Okay. I, I I just had an hour long phone call with my grandma before I was uh, before I'm doing this podcast, and the entire mm -hmm. time I was just listening to her play slots on her computer and not like oh, really? real money like online slots like like old buy the cd like uh, from, <laughs> from like best buy 20 slot machines on cd rom like fake <laughs> casino fake money and you just hear the real spinning on the speakers when she's talking to me and she's like yeah can you believe when aunt margaret said at thanksgiving she was so cranky and i'm hearing like jackpot noises in the background and i'm like you're living your best life grandma I can't tell whether the the fake gambling because I've seen those those are like their their phone apps for that as well. I can't tell if that's like better or worse because it's more pointless if there's no money involved, but simultaneously like, hey, you know, like if you're gonna do it, better to do it with no money, I guess. So so you uh, do not use Dota as a fake joke answer, but 
Is there a game that comes to mind, maybe a mobile game or otherwise, that you have just pointlessly dumped a copious amount of hours into? Because I have played, probably in like 2012, a coin pusher app, like a casino-esque coin pusher app where you drop coins and then they go off and it's... There was no point to it, but I was addicted to this digital coin pusher. I probably played it for, like, I shit you not, two or three hundred hours on my phone. What the fuck is wrong with you? A lot of things. That's why I should go to therapy, but here we are doing a podcast. Not the same thing. All of that time, you could be be fixed as a person, Joey. You could be entirely fixed. If you spent all that time in that that coin pushing app instead in therapy, like, holy crap. (laughs) Uh, to answer your question, I put in 97 hours on Marvel Snap, but that th- that is not a pointless game. It's competitive. So. Yeah, yeah, you were getting something more out of that than I was getting out of the coin pusher where I wanted to like yeah. get the low polygon balloon animal off the edge for the extra bonus. Like, <sighs> uh, The only other game I've played that much is, uh, I mean, I probably played Marvel Snap more, but TFT. I played TFT a decent amount. That was uh, That was a fun, like, climb little bit i enjoyed it and then yeah you know what i've been seeing a lot of people play recently mm. artifact <laughs> and fucking artifact can you explain <laughs> why this is all over my timeline like fucking there was Purge like just playing it in costco people. 700 people watching purge's stream play artifact with slacks <laughs> that's more than he gets with an average dota stream <laughs> that's probably the most an artifact stream has ever gotten ever in the last five years <laughs> There, it was probably just like so much of it, not just like Dota people novelty of like, holy crap, you know, I miss Artifact. I'll check that out or something like, oh, holy crap, this guy's playing a dead game, you know. But like there is probably a significant portion of people who were like, why the fuck are there hundreds of people watching Artifact right now? <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? There's probably like decent like 50 to 100 people who didn't even know who Purge was. <laughs> yeah, dude, I... I still think Artifact is fun. I'm going to continue to be an Artifact apologist for all time. I probably should have played with them. I probably could have joined in a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm i still holding on to my axes. They're going to be worth something someday, I swear. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my mm-hmm. casino, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it is the five-year anniversary of Artifact. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, five-year anniversary of it being released or being re-released or dying i'm not sure which but either way i feel like they all happen in the same year so it's it's probably a five-year anniversary for all of those things <laughs> um uh but it says yeah, that's uh that's a thing people are doing that again and i'm you know i'm with you i still think it, it was a fun game it's still the second most played game on my steam library 653 hours yeah how much of that was just when we were in the illuminati beta though Mm, I didn't spend that much time in the beta. Mm, interesting, to be interesting. Frank. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we before we jump into some Dota stuff, uh, and while we're talking about games, I actually have a game recommendation. Something I haven't done okay. in a minute, but I feel I feel strongly about this because I think I think I played a game that other people will like that is chronically untalked about and has been undercovered in 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 the indie sphere because okay. we've had a really good year of just games to play right so i I think that some have got kind of lost in the sauce but i played this game called Leica aged through blood it is a 
Metroidvania style game. It's a, it's a pretty light Metroidvania, but it's a Metroidvania style game where it's like Metroidvania. It's like, it's like Hollow Knight meets Happy Wheels meets Bullet Time because you are on a motorcycle trans transversing the entire level and like you're, you're riding your motorcycle like doing flips to reload your gun and when you're shooting you're going into bullet time and slow down it's like one hit one kill on everything in you um and there's like actually a pretty intricate story um that, that that's interwoven and it the whole time i was playing it i was like this is really good. Why is nobody talking about it? And the reviews are overwhelmingly positive on Steam. It just hasn't gotten much press. So it's primarily a recommendation for people to check out if you like Metroidvanias or if you like Happy Wheels or Bullet Time games. There's something in there for everybody. It's it's like an offbeat Metroid game, kind of like um, Yoku's Island Express in the sense that it takes the formula and uses some weird mechanics with it. But um, You liked uh, it so much you wrote a Steam review about it, right? I, I I tweeted about it. Oh, you tweeted about it. That's what it was. Uh, so I bought the game outright because you tweeted about it. Give me some credit, developers. <laughs> this guy's uh, an influencer. <laughs> yeah, I want I want review codes. Um, it's it, it's good. I, I I recommend it. It's probably a good Steam Deck game. It is coming out on Switch also eventually at some point. If if that's more if that's more your speed, but um, would recommend. I'm. I I wrote a script and I am contemplating making a TikTok review and fucking wow. around with that format because I, I I got inspired to do something because I feel going like going back to your roots, huh? I feel like, yeah, my my TikTok roots. I'm a Zoomer. Um, to try and <laughs> no, your your game review roots. Yeah, in in cyber garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a. Uh, I, I felt inspired for the first time in a while to talk about something, and I think that's because I'm probably being a hipster about it because it's not super well covered. So we'll we'll see uh, if I follow through with that. Okay, I will wrap this up. Two more games to talk about, and then we'll talk about Dota. I promise we're getting to Dota eventually. Uh, I've been playing. I played two different games today. Uh, I've been on a kick to play something other than than Dota. I wanted to play some some party cooperative games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today we tried out. It was me, Sheep, Avery, and um, a friend of, uh, of ours, uh, Lumino, and uh, we played GTFO and we played Lethal Company, which uh, all the streamers are playing right now. Yeah, and I will the- say, there's there's it. Lethal Company is a fun game to play with a group. It it, it is it is very fun. Can, can you give me the TLDR of what the concept is? Because I don't really watch any streamers, so I'm a little bit out of yeah. the loop on it. Okay, so uh, it is a so both games are squad based uh, shooters. Lethal Company has doesn't really have a gun, um, but uh, GTFO is a shooter game. So think Left 4 Dead, Dark Tide, that sort of thing. PVE where you go in through a dungeon together and um, GTFO is very tactical based where you are. There's stealth elements to it. Uh, you got to con- uh, conserve ammo as much as possible. You got to play these choke points and uh, like find resources and stuff like that. And you're just trying to basically do dungeon crawling except for mm-hmm. being a shooter. Okay. Uh, so th- th- that's uh, pretty straightforward, but the part of the appeal is it is a very tough game. Uh, and the, these like runs will take anywhere from like half an hour to like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like pretty uh, time intensive and 
pretty stressful, I would say, uh, and very cooperation uh, focused or in our case, <laughs> anti-cooperation <laughs> as everybody kept fucking each other over. But uh, then but then Lethal Company is the game that's really popping off right now. And Lethal Company is uh, it is a very much an early access, uh, dumb, fun game where you are uh four people uh working for do you know you have you played deep rock galactic i have not played but i'm familiar okay so the story of deep rock galactic is you are four dwarves working for a corporation and you go to go mine things this same concept you are four people working for a corporation and you go to planets and try and collect uh loot from that area so it's basically like leftover regular items so you'll there's like a rubik's cube that we found today uh there's like random there's like a large axle that i was carrying around or a crate of like soda pop and you bring it all back to the ship uh and then you sell it at some point in time and then you use that money to like try and like you start off your run's going to start off with you have nothing you have no way to defend yourself you don't have a flashlight so you can't see through the dark you got nothing use that money to be able to buy a flashlight or buy a walkie talkie and the part part of the appeal is it, it has a mic system in game that is proximity based you use walkie talkie it's a lot of like the the horror games that are they're going right right now uh that are trying to use that the monsters there they they can hear sounds they you know the, all kinds of things like that um but it's 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 a lot of the fun is just a very roguelike uh element where okay. you just kind of like you go to these planets you fucking you go in there you grab some shit some monster surprises you catches one of your guys he dies you try and grab his corpse you're getting chased by monsters you try and get back to the ship uh, you know you're just kind of like scrambling and a lot of the fun is just uh watching uh, other people die watch it fall apart in the process yeah. yeah or once you die you get to watch other people as they like slowly figure out like oh he's like say that there's a screen where you can see different people and like oh that person's not moving anymore they're not answering on the walkie talkie oh i think he's dead and then you watch them try and like the wheels are turning where they're trying to figure out like what should they do next because you need the money you need the loot but you also if you all die then the run is fucked uh yeah there's a lot of uh jump scare stuff uh involved and just like yeah, journal I'm, creepiness oh, i'm i'm really i'm really rough with the jump scare thing but the graphics are like it, it doesn't look scary uh in that regard there was like it's it's very <laughs> low graphics wise so there's nothing that i would say is uh really gonna cause you any nightmares mm -hmm. but you know it is kind of funny like today like a bug attacked avery and we had had no weapons we didn't know how weapons worked yet we're only just now <laughs> figuring that out we had no weapons it it, it attacked him and it it got on his his face and <laughs> and i'm just like sitting there like this thing's on his on his head and I can't do anything to get it off of him. And then he just dies. And I just run what? away because I can't I can't do anything Sorry, about the dude. monster. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a lot of fun. I can see why uh, all these streamers are, are playing it. They is, did is a, it just a your very squad good job of, with this game. Is it just your squad of four people like against the environment? Yes. Or like, okay, so there's not like other people or other. No, no. And just every run is new. Four, uh, yeah, there's uh, different planets, um, but every single time. Um, so the layout is generally the the layout of the planet is the same but the dungeon uh is gonna reset every single 
uh, every single time. So procedurally generated in that regard, I assume monsters and everything uh, and the loot is all procedurally generated as well. Um, but yeah, great game. Highly recommend it if you got some friends to be able to play it. There is a mod where you can get up to like 20 or 30 <laughs> people. Uh, but yeah. Good. So. Well, th thank you for telling me what that's about so I don't sound like an idiot now when someone goes, hey, have you seen? And I go, uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah. It's I've a, been it's, playing it's single It's a hot streamer game. Yeah. We need one of those every 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 season, right? So. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, the new Among Us, or you know, whatever. <laughs> people like to see people scared. That's I think what we keep on learning is that uh, if if you want to play those streamer games, you got to be okay getting a little spooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She definitely had some hyperventilating moments <laughs> <laughs> where she was like crouched in a corner and not sure what to do about a monster that's about to kill her. I got eaten by a giant. That was that was a that was an experience I had on one of my first runs. Didn't didn't really see that coming. Yeah. I don't love spooky. I I'm okay with spooky, but but again, jump scares. Uh, I'm 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 a little jumpy boy, and it's not like mm -hmm. the scary or the nightmare or like the ah. It's it's like the sound effect sudden thing I wasn't expecting. Like move in my chair situation. Mm. I, I I I don't like that instantaneous spike of of fear and adrenaline. It makes me. Mm. It makes me uh, not happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big fan of it either, but it, uh, th there's definitely it's more stressful than it is jump scare. Uh, okay. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have said jump scare. There's only a limited okay. amount of that. Okay, okay. But that's uh, it. That's it for other games other than the Dota. I got a little bit jump scared when I saw ESL put out their schedule for the year, and I went ah because that is such a fucking stretch. <laughs> you can't, you can't, what are you doing? You're leaving me out to dry. <laughs> All right, Joey. How, what, what jump scared you about ESL's schedule for the year? A couple things. Uh, okay. One, it's pretty well communicated for November of the year before. Like, it's interesting that we have this amount of information that's that public. I think that it's good, but I wasn't really expecting that. Two, uh, I got jump scared by the, the fact that I'm scared that these might only be the only real Dota events happening because we don't know what else is going to happen. And I assume that more is going to happen, but like we don't know that. And that world is scary. Three, I got jump scared by uh, looking at the dates for the qualifiers and then mm -hmm. seeing when the actual events are. Why the fuck are we playing qualifiers in January for an event in April? Yeah. Uh yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's um hmm. That's uh, you're like you're like one minor major patch or just a team not, you know, really gelling well for a minute away from like having that's a long break. The, a lot can happen in the in, in those months with with teams. Maybe it's because that's the only time they could fit it in the calendar cuz the calendar is going to be so busy with so many other people throwing their own tournaments right right <laughs> i mean that is the optimistic take on the situation that that that, that, that is maximum amount of optimism yeah that is really weird so for esl on europe uh they are so they've announced they're doing an event in europe you can kind of always assume esl is probably going to do one event in europe Probably, I would assume, 
looking at Germany or Sweden. Uh, maybe we'll go back to Birmingham. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, and then in ESL Alabama, Asia, which <laughs> that's no. an American joke for 27% yeah. of you motherfuckers. <laughs> I heard that joke way too many times <laughs> at Birmingham, the, uh, the ESL one Asia, which has been Malaysia every single time, uh, almost ever since we stopped going to the Philippines. Uh, and that's always been Malaysia. It's just a question of whether it's Kuala Lumpur or Genting. Um, so I, ESL is keeping that schedule. They're gonna, they're still doing those events. It's just now they've announced it really far ahead of time. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is definitely happening. Um, so that's cool to see. And then once again, we're going to be doing three Dream League seasons. Uh, and they're going to keep the schedule of what it was last year, where we're going to be doing two uh around the same time i don't remember exactly the dates but it seems like around the same time uh as we did last year and yeah. then the uh third one is going to be um the the uh october one that is uh yes yeah. so, so this is a couple things because uh the dream league seasons are end of february end of may and then end of october and currently, the posted Dream League Season 24, which would be the 2024 October dates, conflict mm-hmm. with what have been TI the last couple of years. So that probably makes the assumption that TI will be wrapped at least a week, maybe two before October 27th, which means that maybe TI is in September, maybe TI is in August. Yeah, I, I, I stumbled when I was talking about Dream League Season 3 because the dates were running in my head. And I was like, wait a minute, October 27th? Yeah. that That is not, that's not at all what I expected to see. I expected to see it uh, before TI, like they, they squeezed this one in. But now they're doing it after this year's TI was, but also like at the same time that ti was so if maybe we're not doing ti or maybe we're pulling ti back to august yeah right now there's nothing else in the calendar for august because even so so they posted dream league season 24 which is the the october one the closed qualifiers Mm -hmm. are september 22nd through september 26th so even those dates are kind of early, right? Because if you assume yeah. you're probably not like finishing TI at the end of September, then immediately doing closed qualifiers for Dream League, there's probably like at least a week, right? So that means that yeah. maybe, maybe TI is end of August, beginning of September? Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. That's what that's especially I'm with uh, what they have a redacted tournament. We're all just going to assume that's Riyadh. Um, you know, whatever they end up renaming it to, maybe it goes somewhere else, but that tournament. That was this year, Riyadh. That's probably the tournament that they have for July 2024. Um, and yeah, we're going to have a point system for for qualification. So dr- yeah. both Dream League seasons and ESL Europe, there's going to be three events at least that are providing teams with qualification points that'll be used for the top eight direct invites to that redacted tournament in July. Yeah, yeah. There, there is something kind of weird about it because um, the so they've already put out a point uh, ranking system for the current teams, um, basically from the events that happen at Dream League. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how they. I, I guess it was including. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was including Ti because the 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 ranking system that they have is uh, Gaming Gladiators is like. 
fourth or fifth and like liquids like six or something like that so uh their ranking system is a little bit interesting um but i think it's just because they're including Riyadh uh and dream league i think that's the only things that they're considering uh or something but either way uh the point system i don't really care what that point system uh, is exactly because it's a set ranking for now but the important like we have a full schedule ahead of us right we have two dream league seasons in esl1 europe that are all going to contribute points to Teams going to Riyadh. Um, Make extremely more important. Like, I, I think yes. that before, and maybe I'm speaking from the perspective of Liquid, who may or may not have been open about may, may or may not caring too much about Dream League, but I... I mean, BetBoom specifically, Celery, uh, tweeted about this and said that, you know, like, if we knew ahead of time, we maybe wouldn't have done the BetBoom tournament uh, because of the fact that it hurt our performance at Dream League. Because the, they bombed out at Dream League, right? They got, like, eighth or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so as a result, came Gladiators is sitting at fifth yeah. with 400 points. Uh, Liquid sitting at seven with 200 points. Yeah. Uh, and Bed Boom has 1,600. <laughs> yeah. They might have... In second. Those other teams might have cared a little bit more if they knew. So I don't know. It's, it's a little bit odd, but I think that we're... I think that it's all going to come out in the wash. I'm not too too worried about that. Yeah. I, I don't really see too much about... Like, I, I, just, I just don't care about complaining about this sort of thing because, like... We're starting a whole new system and the like the system has to start somewhere like, yeah, they they didn't know about that. Maybe that could have been communicated better. But like also, you know, like DPC died and we're trying to like we're, the ESL is trying to create this whole EPT or whatever the fuck they're calling it. So uh, like this is a new system that they're putting together and we're kind of jumping in almost like halfway through the season it's it's like a a weird deal but i imagine once we flush out this full year then the next year will be a lot cleaner and understanding will be will be uh and, fully there and i'm sure that i'll have an opinion on it as soon as knoxville tweets and tells me exactly why the point system is wrong so yeah, you know, yeah I'll, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll just mm-hmm. wait for that to happen <laughs> Yeah, just uh, just let us know what's wrong with the system, Knoxville, and uh, I'll I'll give it the upvote. Yep. Because I don't I don't <laughs> care enough to do the math. I just don't care. Yeah, I don't think I, I think don't. most of us don't. Uh, <laughs> do you care about the new Shopify roster? No. No. <laughs> No, no, I do, I do, I do. Okay. I, I, I care about it. Um, I'm just being cheeky. I care about it mostly because uh, it is interesting. It's an interesting roster because it is not a roster that you would expect one to two years ago for RTZ to be on, frankly. Um, Yopaj is replacing Abed in the uh, Southeast Asia mid <laughs> spot <laughs> uh, that, that it's apparently you just apparently that's what they need. There's no mids in North America. So you it's have not to even Southeast Asia. It's the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Artezi uh, and Bulba, they have a type or something. I don't know. But Yopaj <laughs> is a great he's a great talent. Uh, and like he was very impressive to me. The first uh, two years that I watched him, I was like, man, this guy really is. This guy is the shit. This guy's awesome. His last year, not great. Definitely needs to prove himself. This is the roster he's going to be looking to do so. Um, But then also Theo LaCour, who, uh, you know, like, I I have always viewed Theo LaCour as like being a very good player, but that's a player who 
you know, like I kind of felt like his best days were maybe behind him sort of deal. Um, but maybe not. We'll see. Like, I, I don't really know him uh, and I haven't really watched him too much lately. So uh, that's, uh, you know, because uh, we were talking about the Southeast Asian uh, talent that were back in Southeast Asia and questioning like we were talking about what Armel, uh, Abed and Taiga not Southeast Asian, but is there in Southeast Asia talking about those three talent and like, do they have the fire to like surpass what they have already accomplished or are they cruising? You know, are they just cruising and they're just going to be maybe qualifying to some tournaments and, you know, like whatever, but not actually elevating their roster to be something that stands on top on the international stage. Uh, this roster for Shopify Rebellion has a lot of question marks about that. Can these players achieve the same level of success that you would expect the presumed number one seed of North America? Can they achieve some of the same results that were honestly not that far away? Evil Geniuses, again, second at back-to-back -back majors, they had the Team Liquid spot at one point in time. Yep. You know, they were almost the best team uh of the year until you know ti and they crashed and burned but like they had a very solid run they were very good not that long ago uh, you expect them to be the number one north american seed and to contest teams in the international stage and this team has probably the most question marks that any roster has had around rtz since speed gaming which is a long time now <laughs> yeah i mean rtz has been like Frankly, he's just been like cruising on teams that have had uh, high expectations, but also very high amount of talent around it. Evil Geniuses, Team Secret, Evil Geniuses, Team Secret, Evil Geniuses, Shopify Rebellion. Yeah, maybe those rosters like haven't always achieved success, right? But you always expected them to do so. This is a roster that I actually feel like could be really good for RTZ or it might be the end of his career in that like this is this is a roster that you have to prove that you're the number one North American scene that, that you deserve respect, not just the name, you know, that you actually deserve to, to be feared uh, because obviously the last year or two hasn't done you any favors. And this new roster uh, doesn't doesn't like bolster you on just reputation alone. So It'll be interesting to, to see if, uh, again, these players are TZ himself. Are they going to step up uh, and deliver? Or is this going to be uh, a swan song for our TZ before he goes off to Gambaland? <laughs> I don't, it's a little hard to tell so far because uh, they're the one team from NA that didn't play in the qualifiers for Kuala Lumpur. So, like, yep. we can say that, like, okay... TSM and Nouns, even without like their full completed roster, like they had a five game finals uh, for that spot. They're probably going to be competitive. We'll see how that shakes out. Shopify, a uh, question mark just because we have no data on them, right? And we have these names that like, do I think Kitrack is going to set the world on fire? Uh, maybe. We'll see. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's like one of those things that's like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, People talk, a lot of pro players talk about Kid Track, say he's very smart at the game. But ha 
hasn't had the top tier land results you need to be able to get the same respect from the, the general community. Also, frankly, you you do have to like it's a team game, right? Mm -hmm. But you do still have to like put up or shut up, you know, like you, you do have to get the results at the end of the day. Um, however, you know, like, yeah, maybe you're dragged down by your team, but you got to you got to be able to elevate the guys around you. So it's it's also just all to these see, players got to do that. It's also just easy Arteezy in like, you know, a true leadership position. At least as like from a from a veteran perspective, like I don't know. Oh, yeah. Know extreme what, veteran. I, I don't know what the leadership is going to look like in this team and how it's going to break out and like, you know, who's going to be dad. But, you know, Arteezy hasn't had to be that sole person in any of the other rosters, mm -hmm. right? He was playing with Puppy. He was playing with Crit. He was playing with Fly. He was playing with all these people consistently who filled mm -hmm. that role. But now he's the old guy. He's the person who's been there. He's the person who's been to how many TIs and how many tournaments and how many lands, and he's fucking Arteezy. So, like, mm -hmm. is he going to be able to fill what probably needs to happen, which is that leadership role, and lift these people up? Yeah. Because, uh, uh, like, I'll be frank, I don't think you can leave that uh, to Bulba. Um, that It's not a slight on him, but, like, I don't think you want your coach to be handling all the veteran presence. Like you need the play a player in game to be doing that. Right. Yep. And yeah, kid track might be a great mind for the game and Saberlight is a, a fantastic talent. And I, I think, you know, I think our TZ is very lucky to have Saberlight uh, with him for the season. Yopaj is a great talent. The has been around the block for years, for years. Right. 2016 that, that, was his first team. So like almost yeah. a decade. But it is Arteezy who is the most veteran of all of the players there. He's the he I think I think he's the oldest. I'm going to assume he's the oldest because he's also been playing the longest. Uh, but also he has had the most success, as you said, on lands like people are going to naturally look to you because you have done it before in the past. Maybe not recently, but he has done it. He has won lands. He's done very well at a lot of lands. <laughs> I uh, kind of question myself. He's he's won some lands. He won ESL on Frankfurt on Secret. Yeah, maybe he hasn't won a major. Maybe he hasn't won a TI, but he's won plenty of lands. He won the Manila Masters. Yeah, he won a summit. I think <laughs> a lot of seconds. Um, but you know, po okay. I'm looking at his Wikipedia <laughs> page now. Manila Last time Masters. MDL, uh, Mars Dota 2 League. They won uh, over Newbie. Uh, they actually beat Newbie at Middle Masters and MDL. Uh, ESL won Frankfurt when he was playing for Secret over EG. Mars Dota League, where they Secret beat Empire. Uh, the Summit 3, Secret beat EG. And Starladder Season 10, EG, back when he was on the old, old EG, Heading to uh, right after TI4, uh, they beat Secret uh, in a 3 2 finals. Damn, that's hype. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> the last time that he has a notable first place was 2017. It's been six and a half years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... those were decently sized events at the time, but. No, you know, as we alluded to, no, no majors, no TI. But 
got to get it done. Maybe this Either is it. that or uh, it's 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 time to, to go the old traditional path of a pro player retiring and head out to those streamer pastures, you know? <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm going to queue up a Terrorblade game and listen to some music. I hope you want to watch. All right, we, we got to talk about this. I need your opinion first on this because mm-hmm. you are relatively clean. Your your opinion is relatively clean. So give me your opinion <laughs> no on you RTZ uh, doing doing the gambling streams. For he he went over to Kick, obviously got a shit ton of money from Kick to be streaming on their platform. Uh, and part of Kick's whole thing is that they are owned by Stake. And so when you are a partnered streamer for Kick, you have an obligation to gamble for, uh, you know, their site. What is it? Stake? Stake.com? I don't even want to put that into my <laughs> into my browser history because who knows how, what I'm going to get tracked with. So he, he RTZ, who has won? One second. Who has won? Maybe this will... Two million, three million. How I'm leaning a little bit. He has won two point six million dollars uh, in prize winnings, and he probably is, has great I, salary. Probably great I will, salary. I will confidently step forward and say that he has probably been in the top ten or twenty uh, player salaries uh, in Dota easily throughout the years. So. This guy is comfortable in money, uh, but obviously made maybe more millions off of going to stake and doing this partnership. And part of the partnership is he has to gamble. It's really, really, really hard for me to be able to sit on my ivory tower without being in that situation and going, man, that guy shouldn't take the bag and should take the moral high ground. Because my understanding of Arteezy is like, you know, sure, he's made a good living, but like, you don't know how long that's going to keep on printing money for. I think he takes care of his family, who are like immigrants, who probably aren't from a super wealthy background. I don't know. I think that it's, it's hard to chastise somebody too much for getting a real payday that could positively in fact impact the rest of their lives and their families' lives. That being said, fucking shitty. <laughs> yeah. Shitty. It's yeah. It's it, the question is is like in order to really like you know, if you want to really pull Kyle and like step up in your soapbox and like really say this person He's doing something bad. You kind of have to know what he's doing with the money. We don't know what he's doing with the money. We'll never, we'll probably never know. And there's no obligation for RTZ to tell us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, RT, like, I like RTZ quite a bit. Um, my, all my interactions with him have been generally positive. Um, seems like a good kid. I, I I personally can't get my head wrapped around making that much money and like having the 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 
the the background uh like the plan b the fallback option of like he is still one of the most popular streamers on twitch right like yeah. If he doesn't want to play professionally or can't hack it anymore, whatever, like he would still be one of the most po popular streamers on Twitch that still is going to net you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right? Like, I, I feel like you're kind of set for at least a good amount of time, possibly the rest of your life, but like at least a good amount of time. Yeah, man. I like. I, like, I know I can't like sling too much mud here because then everybody's just gonna be like, "Well, you're going to Saudi Arabia," but like, yeah, I'm doing that because like I have a genuine fear that my health issues may bankrupt me at some point. So I need you know to be able to like have a job. It's not even a, that's, 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 that's like a, a well-founded fear. That that yeah, that's, that's, that's like, like a, yeah, that's like a legitimate like you know concern that I have. Yeah, so. Like yeah, I I and and also frankly, I think it's it's like uh, like it's unreasonable for me to like throw away my whole career at this point in time. Like I would have to if I did not go down this route, I would just have to stop casting. I, I would just have to like do something else entirely. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially if one tournament organizer is kind of doing most of the stuff and they're also kind of the Saudi Arabia people, then you don't have a lot of options. It's hard to take a moral high ground when there isn't really a plan B. Yeah, so it's like I'm 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 fine with that. I'm I've accepted that, and you know I'm gonna do that. But like, man, <laughs> I was like, man. But like, if I if I had a, a a stream option where like I could make the same amount of money that I did now that I do now, I I would take that. But you know, like I don't. So like I I guess I was just surprised that RTZ did take that. Um, Money and talks. yeah, I think, I think, it, I think it is a bit shitty, um, because I don't know, I think, I think you could probably do without that money, but I don't know what he's doing with it. So as you said, he's got parents, he's got, uh, a girlfriend, you know, he may not be doing any of this for himself at all. And that's probably something important that people just need to keep in mind. Yeah, you can call him out for it, but ultimately you can't like fully like set on blast, you know, confidently without knowing what yeah, he's doing with the money. But still shitty because he's still, yeah. you know, there there are, you know, probably less kids than some other streamers who are doing it. But like, I just think that yeah. it is a negative influence. And I also think that kick is a platform probably has a bunch of people who have some socio-political views who i don't agree with and they kind of tend to conglomerate <laughs> over there so like you know i don't like it's probably not like the best platform in general so there's see i don't really care about that i also don't really care about the gambling that much like i'm totally fine advertising gambling i have no problem with that whatsoever uh but that's also because i know that your mom would watch you even more <laughs> 90 that's true 95 percent of my audience if not uh 99 percent of my audience is all over the age um you know mm -hmm. so i i feel very comfortable like i have no problem with gambling uh in general or advertising gambling to adults make your own decisions you want to do what you want to do but it, 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 there is something very personable, uh, personal 
about like taking a personal gambling sponsorship and really putting your face on you gambling specifically, mm-hmm. even when all of these guys always do the same thing, which is like, don't gamble, you'll lose. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. But look how much fun think, it is. Look how much fun it is. A fuck. I don't think state gives a fuck about you doing that because what, what people are watching is ding, 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 ding. Holy shit. That guy just won $50,000. Granted, he lost $100,000 over the last hour, but I wasn't keeping track of that. What I see right now is the $50,000 C1 right now. Has, God, wouldn't it be sick? Think about how much my life would change if I could do that, right? Has there... What I would be able to do. God, has there been... Uh, like, like what, what's been the discourse around this? I haven't really been checking in Very negative. Much. Very negative. Yes. Uh, people are hardcore uh against arteezy which you know i understand he's one of the most beloved community members people have stuck with him uh throughout uh his various teams and roster moves and the the l's that their roster has taken uh over the last few years and stuff um so it probably sucks to to see him go that route um but if you want to make money right now in esports it's either uh it's either web three yeah it's either saudi arabia gambling or nfts uh i mean frankly i mean nfts are like you know the web three stuff is most of the time just straight out fucking scams so at least it's not that i guess i just i won't talk about (laughs) at least at least you're not like directly rug pulling Instead, you're just getting someone sucked into a vice that may bankrupt them uh, in the future. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. But at it's least a... you're not directly stealing from them. <laughs> <sighs> well, it's only a matter anyway. of time until we're all playing Web3 games, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I'm told. It's just around the corner. It's the, the basis for gaming of the future. That's what, that's what I'm told you... all the time. Do you know what's another way to make money in esports? Winning tournaments. Mm. What if you just don't play in any tournaments anymore because you have Riot buy you out of your Mm. spot to play in the tournament? That's a way to make money. That's a way to make money. That you know what? If you looked at this year and this year alone. It has been a very profitable year to be in esports for some organizations. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. I bet that's not even true. I bet that's not even fucking true. I bet they still somehow fucking lost more money than they got just this year alone from I, from these selling their spots deals. I, I agree. A, a little bit of context, and I don't want to do too much time on this because uh, Dota podcast. We're going to talk about Riot for a second. Um, but uh, for, for anybody who's keeping up with like the esports, esports news, I think it's hyper interesting that uh, Riot and the LCS, the League of Legends Championship Series in North America, reduced their number of operating teams from ten down to eight. They went to the teams in the league and basically said, "Hey, does anyone want to get bought out?" And then. Two teams that we know of raised their hands, and then Riot paid them back for their franchise spot. So now there is no longer Evil Geniuses, and there is no longer Golden Guardians. They do not exist in the LCS. And even though Evil Geniuses is still 
a business right now because I see them playing in Valorant Game Changers. I know that they're still playing in Valorant, like, kind of a little bit, even though I don't know what's going on there. Um, I'm seeing everybody from Gaming Gladiators uh, who is either resigning or laid off. So I think that there's probably, that might be a, a little bit of a sunsetting of that a whole team and organization, which is obviously, you know, they're just kind of in WoW and Smash, like poor Zane and, uh, and, uh, and League, right? But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we have at least one team that is that has died this year, maybe even two, and both of them have been sunset by by riot with paychecks they were paid to leave but you know i think that payment is probably just for their investors to you know go i'm sure none of that is trickling down to the employees who all have been laid off who are ultimately the backbone of of esports in reality all of these people who like are have a genuine passion for esports they're they're not getting any of that bag uh no they're not <laughs> But yeah, uh, it it looks more and more every week like evil geniuses might not exist <laughs> at some point in the near future. I would say called it, but you know, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, That's you just bet on, the- on like the kids hoop, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it, it's not impressive. It's really not. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, uh. it is fascinating that even a business as big as as, as Riot is looking to do some like con- con- contraction. Uh, in, you in think they? Uh, you think they were big fans of of Valve stepping out on their DPC? I don't know. I mean, because you know, because in some ways, it may, they're just like, well, we're just lowering the number of teams. Well, we're not. I mean, look at Valve. They're, they're our. You know, they stopped their DPC entirely. Our circuit, it's still going. Look at all. We built up this entire great thing. You know, sure, we're just lowering the number of teams, but like. It could be, it, you know, it could be them. Could be them. You might not have a circuit at all. Uh, you I know, know. Still, I, I, I still think that like not having a circuit, you know, I think it's going to be better for for Dota. But like from their perspective, it's probably easy to be like, you might, you could just be without an esports team entirely, uh, scene entirely if we stepped away. I've, I've had to, had to, had to. I've definitely read a lot of coverage around the LCS stuff just to kind of see like, you know, community sentiment and and what people are saying. And I haven't seen a single person talk about the DPC. So maybe internally at Riot, there is a little bit of conversation of like, oh, well, you know, they compare themselves uh, a a little bit to to one another. Um, But yeah, if if I was Riot, I feel like that would be easy, easy points, you know, Mm -hmm. easy points just to like dunk. You know, well, well, they stopped their MOBA, MOBA. They stopped their circuit, you know? Yeah. But but, but in terms of the fans, that's not the narrative at all. Sure, sure. Not, yeah, not, not, sure. No one's even thinking about that on Reddit, which is, or Twitter, yeah. which is, which is fascinating. So I don't know, but um, RIP Golden Guardians and Evil Geniuses, I guess. Um, <laughs> there's a, <laughs> there's a, honestly, it's so weird to me to, to see all of these uh posts about like the nostalgia and stuff like that it, it, none of that has ever hit me i i don't think there maybe that might happen to me when liquid goes under whoa, if it whoa, ever whoa. does <laughs> i was just i was just saying that to fuck whoa, with you i was just saying that to fuck with you <laughs> everything's fine and i'm not even doing a bit <laughs> I was just saying that to fuck with Joey just to see how he would react. But like oh. I, I Liquid is obviously the organization I would probably feel maybe something for, but like 
I don't know. Man. I, mean, I think I'm just not that person. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel nothing. EG dies. I feel nothing. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. Uh, yeah. I watched Starcraft. I watched the early Dota days. I watched the, you know, them pick up the, the roster and uh, that was Ben's fuckboys originally or whatever. And, and watch them play at TI and all that jazz. The very first TI. I was cheering for them. Felt nothing. <laughs> When they went away, whatever. Uh, they're they're different from what they used to be. Yeah, I guess, but I feel like I've never had any moment of, of sadness. Mm. <laughs> I had I I was in some period of grief when they transitioned to um, peak six mm. ownership, and some period of grief when they did the rebrand, and some period of grief. Like I feel like I've been grieving EG in some way, shape, or form now for like five years, and this is just like a continuation of that. Like I feel numb to it, but I do have some attachment uh, from old days to like the idea of what the brand was. And from like a selfish liquid side, like there was a period in time where they were like actually a team that were like rivals. And I think that that is a healthy thing that we really don't have much of uh, mm-hmm. in any esport. Like, there's very few, very few team rivalry situations. Yeah, nowadays it's just the social media managers uh, adding each other, being all inside jokey or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel nothing. Maybe it's because I was never a traditional sports fan. I've never gotten into backing a team. That's never been me. So maybe maybe that's just missing from my general entertainment yeah. experience. I don't know. I I was forced to be one growing up in Los Angeles in the late 90s mm. because, you know, okay. if you weren't a fan of Kobe and Shaq, you weren't living in the city. So Sure, sure, sure. You know. I mean, meanwhile, I grew up in Seattle where the Seattle Sonics – Got sold off and went to another town. <laughs> but so. Brian Kemp's got a weed shop now all over the city, so that's fun. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, there's probably one last thing to, to hit on before before we wrap and call it a show, and that is that there was a patch. Yeah. It was a letter patch. Yeah. My understanding is that not much changed, and people mm. are like, kind of like, hey... I thought that we were doing more updates, Valve. What's going on? And then Valve had to be like, oh, there's stuff coming, but like, hold on, it's going to take a little bit. Like, we've never seen that song and dance before. But um, how are you <laughs> feeling about 7.34e? Uh, so I did my post-patch analysis. I felt like probably most of the community uh, did that I felt like it, a lot of these changes weren't enough. Um, there are some heroes missing. Uh, there's a post about Lone Druid right now, and I I won't like disagree. I think Lone Druid is, is probably overpowered. Um, it's just you know Lone Druid's a somewhat specialty hero. It's kind of a brain dead specialty hero the way it's played right now. Frankly, uh, I don't think it's that hard to to, to take up whatsoever. Um, but it is like a unique hero, um, and I don't know. But uh, I. I fucking hate Nature's Prophet right now. Oh my god, I fucking hate that hero. I've hated this hero for so fucking long as a support. I think it's the dumbest, most brain-dead support by far. Because at least melee heroes like Tree and Protector and Undying are melee and therefore like 
are naturally harder to play the laning phase. It, it just is. There are matchups. Nature's Prophet. Oh, my God. When this guy summoned Treants and just threw him at you, and you spend fucking all this time killing a 350 HP Treant to get five fucking gold. Meanwhile, you're, you're fucking taking, like, one tango out from these Treants just mindlessly running at you and hitting you. Oh, my God. I hated that so much. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is the dumbest support hero that has ever existed in the history of Dota. I don't want to play the, against this anymore. And then they changed Nasa Prophet to make him dumber. Somehow, some way, you made a hero that was even more brain dead to play. That you could just... Now the trans aren't even a thing. You just right-click people. You just sprout them and right-click them. And, it, oh, God, I hate it so much. Oh, I hate it so much. And I hate this fucking hero. And I wanted to fucking die. And it was missing from the E-patch. It did not get nerfed. And when I realized that, somebody pointed it out to me. and was doing my on-stream analysis. One of my chatters pointed it out to me. I was just like, oh, my God. What have you done, Valve? Come on. Like, I get it. You had to nerf Chaos Knight. You had to nerf Bristleback. And, yeah, maybe those nerfs were enough. Maybe they weren't. I don't really know. We'll see as it plays out in professional play. But, like, come on. You, you just... you the 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 fucking... There is a, a, a scale out there of like easy to play and effectiveness. And you can never have a hero be so fucking simple and so fucking good and be so. And then there's a third fucking graph. This three dimensional now and so unique because nature profit is also incredibly unique, right? He has a teleport. That is inherently global damage a very broken mechanic, right? It's like, okay, that is incredibly good. Then you have a global ability. Okay, that's really fucking good. Then you have Sprout, which, yeah, maybe sometimes is like kind of dog shit as control, but it also makes it so you always have to have a Quelling Blade on your heroes at all times. It's so dumb. So dumb. I fucking hate it. They give the sprout talents, and all of a sudden it's making you miss. All of a sudden it's fucking, ah, uh, it's, it's leashing you. I can't take it. Every fucking 30 seconds, he's using Wrath of Nature. All the lanes are pushed in. You can't go anywhere. Oh, now the Wrath of Nature is also disabling you. This hero that once upon a time was just a fucking right click. This, this hero, all he was was a right click and some trance. Now he's got like five fucking disables. He's got a shard that slows you down and gives you vision. He's fucking sprout is controlling you. Oh, now it's leashing you. Now it's making you miss attacks. His fucking wrath of nature is coming through. Does fucking 600 damage and locks you down for three fucking seconds. Now he has he has a fucking team fight like godlike fucking spell. Which once upon a time was just damage. And that's all he was. He was just right-click damage, and that was fine. But then they felt the need to, like, scale him up with every other hero on Dota. But they scaled the wrong fucking hero. You don't do this to this kind of hero. Oh, fucking. Hey, goddammit. And you get all those benefits as a support. They got. They got to do something about this hero. They got to fucking do something about this hero. It's what? just like like Tink like Tinker. Tinker is one of the fucking most terrible heroes in Dota. Fucking hate it when Tinker is really good. It's my most 
fucking hated hero, probably. Mm -hmm. But like that hero takes a lot of skill to play. I can at least appreciate when somebody's doing a million APM to yeah. fucking make Tinker fucking cast a billion spells and be blinking all over the map. I can when appreciate you, yeah, when, that. When you lose to Tinker, you can at least take some solace in knowing that your opponent is going to have Carpal Tunnel in five years. Yeah. And you can be like, fuck you, your hands are going to hurt. And you'll yeah. win in the long run. But nobody who's playing Nature's Prophet is, is going to be having arthritis because they're pressing one button every three seconds. Yeah. They, they, l let me say there, that there is like, there is certain like mental taxes that Dota take on you. And when you are playing a hero or in a role that you're unfamiliar with, there are some heroes that are way more forgiving. I've talked about this a lot, but like I play a certain number of carries when I have to play carry. And those are all the brain dead carries. I play Spectre, right? Why? Because Spectre doesn't rely on positioning nearly as much as any other hero. I don't have to worry about rotate being, being the right part of the map farming so I can rotate to a fight that's happening and join in on it because I have a global ability that allows me to join it at any time. Allows me to play very brain dead. Wraith King, same general concept, just slightly different. I don't have to worry about my positioning as much because it's way more forgiving because I have two lives, right? I make some sort of mistake. It's way more forgiving because there's so much time that is, is required to invest in killing me twice that allows my team to be able to rotate to me. So I don't have to be nearly as careful with that. Mm -hmm. When you play support, the, 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 uh, the positional knowledge that you have there and where to be at certain parts of the map at certain times. Nature's Prophet is a brain dead hero because teleport allows you at any point in time, say it's two minutes and 50 seconds, right? Oh, well, what do I need to do? I need to get to the Lotus Bowl, right? Okay. You can out harass these heroes to secure the bounty because you have great stats and you have this really annoying spell called sprout that does damage you are going to out trade them on regen which allows you to be able to take the positional lane advantage to take a lotus for yourself and then that begins to scale you up in lane right these advantages will snowball your positioning as a range hero is particularly important because you try to utilize your range to be able to put damage on heroes without being in their kill zone right without putting yourself in a position to die mm -hmm. be gone on it and die Nature's Prophet is when it has the best stat gain in the game. So he just naturally scales up so much better than any of these other range supports because he's getting almost like three strength, a, a level or something like that. He doesn't have to buy boots because he teleports everywhere. So that means he gets more items into stats, which also allows him to be able to have far more surviving capabilities than a, a, a traditional support does. Six minutes and 50 seconds, Joey. What's about to happen? Oh, uh, we, wa we want to go get the wisdom runes. Oh, but you forgot about it. It's halfway across the fucking map, you rube. Oh, yeah. I do oh, that fuck. sometimes. I do oh, that fuck. Sometimes, yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, that is, that's a big mistake, Joey. Yeah. That's, that's going to cost you some. You might not be. You have to start booking it. Maybe you have to teleport to this year, too. Nature's Prophet looks at the map and says, oh, it's six minutes, 50 seconds. I forgot about the wisdom rune. Don't worry. I'm teleporting on it right now. I'm taking your wisdom rune for free. You have to make the rotations. The onus is on you to not only play your own position correctly, but to account for my positioning 
and to be able to counter it. And even when you do, it doesn't even feel that good because he's a support. He's a fine position. You made the two hero rotation to be able to stop me from taking your wisdom rune, secure your own wisdom rune for your team, and you got a level three nature's profit kill out of it. Congratulations. And their carry is free farming. Fucking hate this hero. I I didn't I didn't notice. <laughs> it just makes me so mad thinking about it. Because it's just like Dota, Dota is a game that naturally forces a lot of mistakes on you because there's so many things to be thinking about. The man mental taxation of all the, the variables you have to keep account of, especially nowadays with all these like two minute, three minute, seven minute bullshit timings, right? You got to keep all that on top of whatever the enemy team's doing, on top of what your own team's doing. So these bullshit brain dead heroes are such a unique advantage in that aspect of the game. And I think it, it's hard to talk about it like adequately enough because of the fact <laughs> that most of the time you're just gonna be looking at math, right? Oh, this hero does too much damage. It's obvious that you see that. It's hard to be able to talk about the aspect of a hero just being fundamentally easier to play. And then on top of that, they're overpowered, you know? Yeah. So, Nerf target number one, Nature's Prophet. Yeah, nerf fuck target, that guy. Nerf target number two? Uh, I mean, Lycan, Lone Druid. Lone Druid seems to be really good right now. Lone Druid probably needs to be nerfed. Lycan probably needs to be nerfed. I don't know if Valve's going to do another patch before they release their Christmas thing, though. Because uh, we are going to have something for Christmas. I went on a rant. The entire thing about this was community was really mad we didn't ex uh, that they didn't get more. Frankly, it's a post TI patch. This is what you're always going to get. The Valve team, the Dota team is involved in TI. They're not going to have a patch, big patch ready for you uh, when you want it. It's always going to be some sort of like October. It used to be October because, you know, TI used to have it in August. We would have some sort of October event. Uh, you I know, don't know. It's a man. Christmas like event. I, I think what they could have done is they could have, a week after TI, done 7.34E, and the entire patch is um, increased recipe cost of Heart of Tarask, change Bristleback's Bristleback, change uh, Bad Juju's interaction with Blink Dagger, change whatever the fuck they did with Spirit Breaker. Do that, and then give us patch F a couple weeks later with the other stuff. But, like, why did we need yeah. to wait a month? Why did we need to wait a month for a bad juju nerf? Or for Bristleback to, like, put more than one skill point in his namesake spell? Why did we need to wait a month for that? Yeah, that, that's that's actually a perfectly valid point. That, that patch probably could have come a lot, a lot sooner. And then people would have been a lot more understanding for the patch. That is what it is. Um... Honestly, I'm not going to throw any criticism towards Valve until we see what the Christmas patch is or whatever they're doing. Whatever, when they do their big event or whatever, and they drop that, judge the content for what it is, and then we'll we'll be able to go back on Valve saying, oh yeah, we're, we're not going to be doing battle passes, but that'll allow us to put more work into the game. I, I think that'll be the, the, the true test. Mm -hmm. so. so we'll see. Hopefully soon. Christmas is in a couple weeks. Like four. Less than four. Four. 
It's in like That's four true. weeks. TikTok motherfuckers. TikTok motherfuckers. <laughs>